Well, hello world. I'm back after five or six months away and uh, nothing's really gotten better. But I thought I'd start off with a, uh, a small topic with big impact because uh, it's one of those things that's just been bugging me and uh, I came across some stuff on social media that um, kind of bothered me. And it has to do with something, like I said, a very small event, that uh, a local event that was made national. Uh, but it just, it's a, it's a great uh, event to use to tear apart the tactics that uh, are being used to destroy the, the United States right now. So the uh, title of the episode is, loosely, Another Word on Tactics. These are the things that they won't teach you in school. Uh, things that would cause you to be suspended on, on social media and likely you won't hear anything covered quite like this uh, on state-run media television. So uh, what I'd like to talk about is the makey-breaky mix-the-fix tactic. So uh, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, you've probably heard something about that uh, 24-year-old now uh, he was 23 at the time, Colorado truck driver, sentenced to 110 years in prison because he lost the brakes on his tractor trailer. Um, and the collision at the end that stopped him resulted in the death uh, deaths of four motorists. And just recently, the update was that the governor reduced that sentence to 10 years. Uh, and to be honest, I didn't follow it very closely as things were going on because, well, the little dribble-drabble stuff is usually massive bullshit. So, um, and, and therefore, because I didn't follow every step of this, I thought I would just add what the content of this episode is, is kind of that Occam's razor, the obvious is the obvious is probably the right answer. Uh, but I have an alternate ending to that uh, at, at the, after the main course. So this individual that I'm referring to is Rogel Aguilera Medeiros. And um, this is made possible by Colorado falling to more Democrats, and it is definitely in play for the Marxist run right now. Uh, it's, it's easier to pull off the impossible by creating a bigger impossible to make the old impossible a new necessity. The removal of that impossible. Uh, how they did this was they pretended that the system is so broken by handing down a 110-year sentence um, after making the case national. It's a national story, of, of course, because this has to, you know, provide benefits to all jurisdictions across from coast to coast. Because these focus groups that you, you could probably tell I don't care for much. Um, they they told the Democrats how to infiltrate and plant shaped charges near the common sense portion of the American brain. And I'll, I'll tell you kind of how they do this. Um, because there's a 0% chance that any other truck driver has ever been handed a sentence so lengthy, you know, anywhere in the U.S. Uh, in fact, there was one other case that occurred, I want to say it might have been a year before this particular accident, where the driver was, um, he 
before he struck and killed a police detective doing a some kind of routine traffic stop. He collided with some vehicles, killed so he killed a cop uh, shortly after taking some kind of drug and starting up some kind of porn on his handheld, you know, his, his cell phone. He was given a 27-year sentence, and there's very little coverage. That. I think the only reason that story went somewhat syndicated, local kind of, uh, or national, is that uh, is the porn and the drugs. I mean, that's that's the story there. That's the that's the laugh, and that's what people got from that. But he received 27 years, and he's currently serving, you know, that uh, sentence, and he's locked up. So let's get started with why mandatory minimum sentences would be good and why they would be bad. And the answer is they're there because judges. Um, Think of highway driving. You really don't want minimum, uh, you don't really want, I'd say two lanes, two lane highway, each direction. You really wouldn't want somebody decide that they feel like going 30 and other vehicles feeling like they want to see how fast their vehicle can go. So you have to have some kind of minimum maximum. And the same would apply for judges when maybe back in the day when they had integrity and honor and such, uh, and they felt that they had a pulse of what the populace thought would be an appropriate sentence for a convicted criminal. Um, it, you know, it, it protecting the communities. Um, so at some point, it became clear that judges without guidelines could be used, weaponized, or they could be paid off. So you could have some cartel guy kill a family, burn down a building with people in it, whatever. You could have heinous crimes and then uh, take a little cash and decides to hand him almost no sentence at all, no punishment. So there really shouldn't be, people shouldn't really have a problem with there being guardrails. Uh, I don't think that's really the issue. Uh, It's too easy for corruption. And from what we've seen over the last several years, it really looks like uh, corruption is the norm. So I'll get down to some of the details, give you some of the details on this. And um, unfortunately, most of the, some of the information that should have been provided and and distributed about the time of the crime, shortly after the crime occurred, um, most of that stuff is behind a paywall. And I'm not going to do that. So I did catch a few names. And the one to really look at is the first judicial district attorney, Alexis King, who just recently won 55% of the vote by running on a reform the system ticket following the summer of love, you know, the summer of politically coordinated BLM riots uh, in and around Jefferson County. And it didn't take long for those Marxist friendly moves to kick in once they, you know, assumed office. Uh, King's people had two district, assistant district attorneys charge this Rogel Aguilera Medeiros with 42 counts. 
Uh, again, that's insane. But that's how this has to be done for them. So the, there's so many things, so many systems in our country that are harmed by this. Well, I think the the thing that really brought this to you know, visibility was Kim Kardashian getting involved. Um, Colorado law itself, Colorado, Colorado law is kind of strange in that they, um, it, it's, it's more of a problem with Colorado's way of just tacking on whatever they feel like than it is the minimum, man, maximum sentencing guidelines. So Kim Kardashian got involved. Everybody knew about it then. Uh, and, and everybody that bought into these half-truths peddled by the media, uh, I don't think people realize that this driver, Rahel, passed four runaway tractor-trailer sites before slamming into the cars. That was his chance to do the right thing. Each one of those was an opportunity to do the right thing. So now the bonus multiplier here is not only did the Kardashian name get in there, and make this bigger than, you know, uh, for other similar like-minded Marxist areas to change the way we don't put criminals away. The, but the bonus multiplier is that truck drivers across the country were reported to threaten, you know, stopping shipments of goods. They were going to do a work stop. So if the sentence to Rohel wasn't reduced substantially. Now, again, contrast this particular case because of its elevation and visibility to the trucker who killed a police officer and was given 27 years. Uh, both made stupid mistakes. But the thing is, is we have to take a look and see what facts are behind what we're actually reading. I, it, this is really insane that the, the guardrails are being taken away by people in charge now who are responsible for the way we're living, the way we're not living, actually, more accurately, the way we've stopped living normal lives. But the thing that makes this work and has made a lot of other things work that shouldn't have been pulled off without a hitch is that you get somebody in and they examine the system and they find ways to tear it down. And at the end of the day, this Alexis King, this district attorney, will come out looking like a superstar. So you have them part of the crime and then pretending like they solved it for humanity. It's like the Biden administration talking about bringing jobs, creating jobs. Well, if we didn't have shutdowns by certain people, you wouldn't have to have jobs recreated, brought back after letting people go. And they're probably being, bringing back their own chosen. That's what you have to do. You have to open up jobs that are held at companies by your political adversaries or people you just hate is what it's come down to now. There's no left and right or anything like that. It's just people you are supposed to hate. And when those jobs come back, you hire people that were doing you favors in the past. Now, one of the things that uh, I'm, I'm kind of amused by is when people say this, 
What I've laid forth in this episode sounds a little bit crazy. There's nothing I could do to prove or disprove. Uh, like this is a, something that stands alone, you know, something out on its own. Uh, no, nothing led up to this, just something out of the blue. And we're supposed to just take it at face value that this poor driver was uh, victimized by the state by the system, by the way the laws are set up to protect society. And this is very much not the case. Uh, if you've caught episodes from the spring, you'll know that I covered some of the laws that Barack Obama tried to put through in the Senate, both in, in Illinois and then when he went on uh, to Washington. But when he was in Illinois is when the strangeness of his ideas was pretty, pretty, it was on display. Uh, one of those was to hamstring the police by make, forcing them to do additional paperwork and to do, pay for that, pay for those man hours or people hours by taking it from their other operational budget. Now, as far as laws go, he tried to give judges the ability to delete, expunge anyone's criminal record because they felt that that record was holding them back in life. And then there was the judges can do uh, whatever type of sentencing they felt appropriate based on this individual's, let's just call it marginalization score or how society left them behind. It's all there, or it was up until recently. I haven't looked recently, so I can't say for sure if it's still all available online. But that was, those were the kinds of ideas that he tried to put into law. And, and when I speak ill of him and anybody else in public office, I don't really mean them personally per se, because I am firmly convinced and will continue to think this way until something else comes in to change that, that these people are handed their agenda. They, they, they feel those things in their heart, but these are all orchestrated, timed, coordinated efforts, the death from a thousand cuts, and they're all over the place, wherever they can get, you know, wherever they can win any kind of seat, uh, whether it's, you know, national, local, county, whatever it is, state, these people are all aiming for these things. And, and again, it's, I've, I've said this in the past, hey, that's kind of how the system works. Well, really it isn't because they're using people embedded as traitors already to get things done that aren't aren't legal and they have all of the other positions that would catch this and 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 perform justice and the big battle the one that i really think is crazy is the battle for the public opinion that's the one that really should be looked at more we've got the big tech stuff and you know the state run media because if you hold those keys, you can convince people that what's going on is wrong when it is not, or that when something going on is wrong, that is 
totally cool. So this would effectively sidestep everything about the country. There's nothing democratic about losing something in Congress only to have people donate, coordinate, and co you know go run this in the streets and pretend like it's pub, uh, public opinion, that it's a consensus or a majority, when it's not. So whoever can get the best media coverage would win, and that's clearly all in one camp right now. Uh, they're actually trying to take dis the dissenting voices, silence them, take them away. And the bigger picture here is that this story isn't unique. In fact, almost none of what we get to see in the news is really about what we're watching. What we're watching uh, unfold in front of us is one of the attacks, one of the deceptions. Time is too precious. They've got an upper hand now and they are going to steamroller reality. And because people can only spend so much time paying attention and watching news, Everything you see on TV has some sort of agenda behind it. And you may recall that uh, probably one of, the mo one of the best ways of filtering out those who would speak up or take action against this stupidity, uh, the way you get them, take them out of the game is to beat them into submission by airing the same crap over and over to the point where if a coworker brings it up, if they hear those trigger words, that's it. They, they, their brains shut down, they're done. They no longer wanna engage and have any kind of conversation. So they're basically paying themselves to break something, to pay themselves to fix something. And then from those ashes of the problem, of course, like I mentioned, we're gonna have people like Alexis King they're gonna look like they're heroes, saviors. You need to check out her website. Um, that's arvadansforprogressiveaction.org. And she certainly isn't the only person who won an election by promising to write a right. They call it writing a wrong, but they're writing a right. Um, because you've heard in previous episodes, if you had the time and you're bored and you start researching things like I do. Um, the Michael Brown, St. Louis, Ferguson area, they've had several people promise to correct that wrong, that injustice, when really there's absolutely no evidence to say that Michael Brown was a good guy and didn't cause his own death. But that didn't stop them from trying to convince people. and making extra money and causing problems in the country. This is a morale thing. So we're gonna see this happen over and over because it's worked. They've won offices and even if they don't do any good for the country, they're stopping good from being done because they're in key positions and they keep true progress, not this new bullshit progress, Marxist love. They're keeping things from going along smoothly. And I think we're gonna call it a wrap there and I hope to have more episodes out you know it's just kind of a shame that I wasn't better prepared and had a few out because it seems like there's a, a dry season and fresh content 
uh, and podcasts between Christmas and New Year's. I hope you had great holidays. Merry Christmas. God bless. Talk to you later.